You're now listening to the Stuck at Home podcast presented by Starburns Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, and all of our Stuck at Homies, please put your hands together and welcome to your playlist, your hosts, Cliff, Dorfman, and Jason Smith. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. Me, that finally got this beard to the point where there's something stuck in here and I can't get it out. I don't know what it is. It's, it's just stuck. Yeah, It's, it's getting right. there. <laughs> you know, and hi, everybody. We're the show that, uh, you know, we watch, we watch different shows and movies and TVs and all those fun things and uh, that we love and we want you to love. Yes, and we tell you all about the streaming wars, what streaming, where to stream it. Here yeah. Yeah, and so uh, so Cliff Dorfman, happy yes, Monday. Smith. Yeah, happy Monday to you. What what are you, what are you stuck at home with today? Uh, well, I watched Mank. Uh huh. Right, and I watched a new movie that's coming out tomorrow. That's going to be our guest, the writer director of this last champion, Kyle Hauser. And, wrestling. Yeah, wrestling, but it's not. You see, I don't want to. I'm going to get into this with, with Glenn, but I I don't want to. This isn't a wrestling movie, and I think that's something. That it's it's a. It, we'll get into it, but I, I, it's so easy to just say, oh yeah, it's a wrestling movie. Yeah. Right, you wouldn't call this a sports movie, like in the in the sense of the sports movie. Listen, I call it a sports movie in the sense that it's you know the best way to do a sports movie. Got it. Got you it. know, it's it's and, and we'll get more into it, but it's again, it's what I took the blueprint from in Rocky. It's you know the fights are twenty minutes of the whole movie. Right. You know, it's There's, not. Yeah. It's it's a wrapper to something bigger. Yeah, of course. That's very well. Ooh, look at you. I'm learning. I'm learning. I've been I've been doing this show with you for almost a year. We've been working together for almost a year now. I uh, I'm learning. I'm learning the lingo. It's I um I, I I I've seen an agent. Um, you know. <laughs> I've read scripts. Are Managers are where it's at. I, I've read scripts. Um you I've read it's scripts. By my my life is is completely changed. It's uh, I'm all over the place now. Yeah, I know. Um, um reading scripts though, you're not. It's not your Happy Monday, Stephanie Lane. Steph. Stephanie Smith. What'd My wife say? is watching. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe she's in the middle of cooking and there's like hey, a delay. I don't know. Something, something weird's going on. Something well, crazy. So, but I think when we talk about sports movies, right? Because why not? And it's important for today. But in general, because I feel like every time around this year, you're going to get one, at least one or two sport movies. And one good one. Like for me, the uh, Steve Carell one, that was much more, uh, let's oh, say. Oh, that Yeah, I, the I, Fox, I, uh, Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think of that as a sports movie at all. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, but I'm saying that's the kind of sport movies that that's how I, where, where there's a bigger subject matter and, like you said, it's the rapper. Uh, but also, this is something that where you think it might be, oh, it's a you know small town, this guy and a loner, and you think it's like, oh, it's going to be depressing. It's it's pretty. Before uplifting. before Glenn comes on, just because it's always a yeah. little bit easier for our audience, can you give us just a basic I hate summary? No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you do. That's why so I try to make you do it beforehand. Yeah, give, so, me, give, give me the give us the basics, so because I know you want to get into it when Glenn comes on. Yeah, but yeah, give yeah. us the kind of the the two minute overview. What's the what is this movie? This movie, The Last Champion, which is going to be available tomorrow. See, I was right. Prime. Real, real, real quick. Uh, there's a chicken roasting oven. She has some downtime. That's exactly. It. I'm. We're second to chicken roasting. Listen. Yeah, I, I don't think she's ever watched us, so you know this might be the third time. So you know, I'll take it. Second right. chicken roast. All right. So uh, sorry. So, so yes, the last champion is about Cole Hauser is a returning. Uh, he was a victor. He was the uh, state champion, uh, national champion wrestler, and then he went to the Olympics, and then uh, he won the gold, and he got stripped of it. And you know all this in the first five minutes. And he is uh, now he's been under the balls of his ass for a while, and due to the death of his mother, he has to go back to the small town where he's from and face everyone and everything. And, you know, the, the land is underwater and ultimately he's going to go back to the high school and uh, coach and have to face his demons along with the team. And, you know, the kid he takes under his wing, et cetera. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I like this kind of premise. I like this kind of setup. This is going to be great. You ready? You want oh, to talk to do it? Let's bring. Let's, let's do it. Want to talk, talk to Glenn? Yeah. Let's, so, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, the writer and director of the movie The Last Champion with Cole Hauser, available tomorrow on Amazon, Glenn Withrow. Yeah. Hey, Glenn. Hey, how are you? Hey, we're great. How are you today? Good, 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 good. Where do we have you? You in LA? No, I'm in uh, Baton Rouge. Oh, I like it there. How's the? Is, is it uh, hurricane season there right now? Um, I, I think, never know. Yeah, I think we're coming out of it, but it's cold here. Yeah. Okay, so so first of all, thanks for being here. Yeah, everyone's good. Family's good. Everyone's healthy. Family's great. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, Excited. so. Congratulations on this movie. I, I watched it today. I had the pleasure of watching it today. And I, I really want to say, first off, I don't want to call this a wrestling movie. I don't know if you heard us talking previous yeah. because it's 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 a it's a family drama. It's about heart, it's about small town values, and you know, it's obviously about redemption. So so in your mind, when you're sitting down to write this, why? You know, what 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 draws you to this? Because you've been in the business for so long, right. you know, this is something you really had to have a love for. Right. Well, I have a love for that sport, for wrestling. I was a high school wrestler. Mm -hmm. And when we sat down, when the uh, when Hallie and Ivy, my daughter, who's the other writer, sat down to um, sort of crank out a story, we wanted something that had, you know, we wanted a comeback story. We wanted a hero story. We wanted a fallen hero story. And so we started tossing those ideas around. And of course, wrestling always comes up for me, it comes up, you know, as the first spot for any kind of sport. And we said, well, wrestling is a great metaphor for this film because everybody's struggling in this film uh, and, and struggling. Wrestling is grappling, struggling against the other opponent. Mm -hmm. And everybody's pushing and doing all sorts of things in this town and, and grappling, wrestling with John coming back. You know, the community is struggling with trying to accept this guy back, not accept him back. His past relationship there, you know, she's struggling like, why did you leave uh, Michael, the young um, hero? Yes. Um, the other young Sean Scully. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Scully. Yeah, he, great uh, actor. This kid. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he's struggling with his, uh, you know, emotionally abusive, you know, mother, alcoholic mother. So it, it seemed like the perfect backdrop uh, of a sport to, uh, to, to set the frame around. So. Right. But also this, this fractured, family in the middle of all these fractured souls, you yeah. know, coming, coming back together. I mean, this is something you really have to, you know, say, okay, I'm digging into this the same as, you know, Mike did here. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it, it's a, uh, because it's a, it, okay, let me ask you this. It yeah. seems other than the obvious, you wrote it, directed, it's a labor of love, but it seems very important to you. And I don't feel it's just about the wrestling. Well, I think, um, you know, Hallie is usually better with this stuff than I am, because uh, I'm strictly for entertainment <laughs> and, and making a movie that people are going to stand up and cheer and or cry or, you know, be I, I may have cried twice. And yeah. by the way, your wife, Hallie, made me cry. I her, fir her first scene with, uh, with, with, oh, my God, what's his name? Peter? Peter? Peter Honorati. Yeah, Honorati, yeah, the coach, Frank. Well, that scene, because she's not playing the drunk. She's yeah. playing, trying to stay straight. And then she's like, I'm toasted. I'm just, I'm toasted. And and you just see the excuses. And then there was a moment where you saw this, like she found the little girl in her when he says, you used to babysit for me. And she's like, and then she like hated herself in her eyes and then went on. And it was, this is a wonderful moment. I saw oh, you spent the up. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. For me too. Listen, it was it it, it you know transgressed, and yeah. uh, but emotion a lot of times will. And I noticed that throughout the movie, you you do that. You take a lot of awkward pauses. Yeah, which are which are fantastic, but it's well, much more European. That's behavior, you know. That's it's about photographing behavior, and these actors were so good and led by Cole Hauser, um, and they were all good in their own right. I mean, they all came in knowing their backstory, knowing 
what they wanted to do with the characters. And I just stepped out of the way. I just stood back and let the camera photograph as much subtext as we could get. And that's what you get in this film. I mean, it's, it's a very sort of, it's a slow burn in the beginning, you know, you have to, and when you said about the sports film, it's, you know, it's got that last, you know, it's got that who it's, it's not Hoosiers, oh, it's, it's got Hoosiers. but it's I got thought of Hoosiers a lot and Rudy, it's got those things. And, and that's what we wanted to incorporate into everything. And, um, and wrestling has never been filmed the way that I, I think that I filmed it. Well, I was going to get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, no, no, no. Let's get to it because that was yeah. on my list. Who's your DP? What's his name? I don't have it written here. Rick, Rick Schaefer. Okay, so Rick, Rick is phenomenal, and and what you guys boarded out here yeah. uh, w- with these fights. Uh, let's talk about it because yeah. it, it really did feel you didn't spend a lot of time. Uh, you know, you had the third act set piece, and then the little fights and the wrestle offs, and right. you chose your moments really well. Right. So, how did this get boarded? How did you decide this? Because it really feels like you're inside a match. Well, that was, I think, because of my understanding of wrestling. And I, I, most of the wrestling films that I've seen, I, I never felt that claustrophobia. claustrophobia. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't get a sense of the struggle that um, I think our match gives. We had seven cameras. We had an, uh, a camera up above. So we were able to sort of choreograph it over six weeks. And Joel Shear and Paul Bradley did an incredible job um, working these pieces out like a ballet. And that's how we covered it. We broke it down into segments and then cut it together. All right, but even the inside moves I was seeing, you know, you obviously you're boarding for that, but you're, you're inside under the shoulder. You have these takedowns yeah. that we're watching on sh- off of shoots. Yeah. Was Vision Quest at all an influence for you? No. Okay. So you have these, uh, <laughs> just interesting. No. I was curious. Yeah. But was, I mean, uh, I had seen maybe Vision Quest one time. And um, so no, so <laughs> it no. didn't even, re- didn't even no. enter the ring. Okay, so no, let's move on. <laughs> but, so you did amazing stuff there. Now, now let's talk about Cole for a while. And yeah. well, you know, this guy, I, I've been a fan of this guy forever. I, you That's know, right. I, he's just yeah. There's something really special and slow, and just you know, there's a gravitas he brings to a role. Absolutely. So, so once you have him now, well, you know, are you working on backstory with him? Does he come in fully prepared, you know, with all of this stuff? Like how, well, how is he, this definitely, he definitely comes in fully prepared, but we worked on a backstory, you know, mm-hmm. we got together and uh, trying to figure out beats and trying to figure out, um, you know, a big discussion was his beard. And we had, it was really funny because huh. of course I'm like a former actor and I go, let the actors do what they need. The production people hated us, both of us, because we had to change around the whole schedule to accommodate that beard. And we shot three or four scenes the first day to co- to accommodate that. We shot the bank scene. We shot the restaurant scene. We shot the um, fire station. We shot Frank's scene in the snow all in one day. So we were, but I was storyboarded out, so we were prepared. But, but that's still, that's still a lot of place to go with it you know, coming in. Well, that's a lot of moves too. I mean, that's a lot of setups. It was a lot of setups. How, how many pages were you shooting a day? Um, well, we were there a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, if you, you know, it was that first day killed everybody and it was really cold, <laughs> you know, broke everybody down. Okay, so so you have the wrestling coaches aside from you, you have your consultants on set. Yeah. These kids learn how to wrestle. Yeah. What, what were they doing? What was their yeah, training you know, ground? Casey Moss, who was, who plays the antagonist to Michael. He, uh, he was fantastic, and he he had wrestled some. Michael Madden, Deck Hines, he had wrestled, but Sean Scully had never wrestled at all. That and did not show. I know. Yeah, and yeah, he worked. He worked really hard, and in between, you know, he pumped up. And but it's a funny story on that on that end scene. We shot it um, the first time in Idaho at the stadium up there, and oh. there was a massive snowstorm, and so all the extras filling up the stadium didn't show up. So we shot it and we shot, tried to shoot around everything. And I got it back in the editing room and I went, oh man, this is, this is garbage. We're, you know, we can't do this. Oh, and um, so a year later, we got all the cast together again. We rented a stadium in um, Allen, Texas huh. and went and did it the way that I thought it should have been done the first time. So Listen, I got all the actors back. Cole had just finished first season on or 
second, I don't know what season was on Yellowstone and we came back and we did it. Yeah. Listen, there's something that, that resonates here. So, so when you're, when you're getting into writing this, are you thinking in your terms of your themes, right? So is this all about redemption the whole way through? I mean, cause there's a lot to say about hometown values here and, and this, you know, this is kind of a last bastion kind of town. We don't see this very often. No, no, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think hope, you know, a sense of community. That was a big theme going through it. Um, well, you kept turning things a different way because, you know, like your end of act one, which I'm not, no spoiler alerts, you know, but your end of act one is not, I knew there were certain things that had to happen, obviously in any movie, but the way you got there every time I was like, Oh, <laughs> you sacrifice this, you put up that. And, you know, even the relationship, you really built a friendship between uh, Cole and his love interest. And wait, I have her name right here. Cause she was so good. Annika Marks. Annika Marks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said, yeah. I, we both said the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Well, she was fantastic and she really gets in there and, and, and breaks it down. And her, her chemistry with Cole was really good. And she didn't take any, uh, you know, as you notice in the film and she doesn't, it's, she doesn't roll over with him. She is like putting him in check, you know, the, at that, at the, at the uh, scene at the cafe with the both of them, they're playing. Well, she, he's totally not engaged at all. Yeah. He's like calling him out on his shit. Yeah, that was a bad first you know, day. You know, Am I boring you? <laughs> yeah. Well, she said, "Let get back to me when you when you find me more interesting." And that was Hallie. Hallie, oh, yeah. that her bringing that element in. It was great. Yeah. Listen, there's a very strong uh, woman presence in this movie, and it's it's uh, again. I always forget what the name of the test is. But you know, um, where where are women full rounded characters? Thank the you, Jason. Bechdel test. Thank you. That test. I, the Bechdel test, right? Uh -huh. Right, Jason. There's certain questions like so. Yeah, so back, uh, see, tell us, you'll get back to us what the questions are. Oh yeah, no, it's just it's just a matter of it's just making sure that females in a in a movie represent a certain percentage of the the the, the cast, and also have conversations that don't involve love or the man, uh, you know, getting the man or being part of the relation, just being a part of the relationship. They have their own their full lives. Yeah. And I think that's with all those characters. They all had their full yes. life. And, you know, I mean, th I think another, you know, I'm, going, I'm still thinking about that, those themes and <laughs> shame, shame and regret. Um, oh, that's great. I felt you know, that people, a lot. People carrying that around, you know, we've all done really stupid things in our lives. And, um, you know, he does this really stupid thing and he's carried that shame and regret around his whole life. It dominated his whole life. So when he comes back, he's just, He's beaten up, man. I mean, you know, you pick him up on a some ranch in New Mexico. I mean, he's just tried to hide. Yeah, it's, it's he, he's he hit bottom. He's been at bottom for like you know twenty years. So. Yeah, and you know, but you you do find a way to redemption that's very interesting because even Bob McCracken, uh, the guy who plays the pastor, he says, uh, you know, it's a very simple. Thing. He says it's, it's just that easy. Like it can. I don't know why people get this whole so thing. It. Yeah, like. Yeah. You could just move on. You know, if I was judged for every mistake I made when I was 22, uh, you know, we're not talking right now. I'm with you. Yeah. With you, so was there a favorite, like, part of this for you on the set at all? Was there anything that really stands out as far as, you know, a movie moment? Let me ask you this. Let me actually the read The red thing for sure. And uh, I like that, you know, I like the opening scene, the ca cafe scene. It's beautiful because I love that set because that set was not there. We, built, we, we took over that town and I had That's a great production designer, uh, John Dexter. And he, you know, he just, he works with Tarantino and he works with, uh, you know, a lot of great people. And he came in and built this restaurant out of nothing and brought in everything. So that to me was a, so beautiful. It was just wonderful being there. And I think his, um, the design on John's house when he comes back home, John, uh, John Dexter told me, he goes, look, Glenn, because I'm reading the script and there's like three big locations. Mm -hmm. And ones like John's house, the cafe and the school school. Right. Uh, and he built that whole porch that was the mm -hmm. model. He built that. They built that. And then they brought in a tree from Idaho, like a massive tree. I don't know why they had to go to Idaho wow. to get it, but and just put it as though it just crushed that whole porch. Oh, that's awesome. That was all built. That they laid it there and then they built this porch underneath it. So 
Well, it feels like John also did that uh, with even the small sets. You know, like the the lime green cabinets that pop. That's that's a very you know interesting color scheme. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. Melinda's house. Yes, Melinda's Melinda. house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was another favorite spot. It was yeah. my favorite spot. Also, I mean, in that was just the way it was the, the Christmas. The little ornaments around were like that's. That's sad. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, brokenness, but but at the yeah. at the heart is not what this is about. You know, it's no. not about being broken. It's about fixing, and I think that's something you you know have achieved across the board. So I want to jump back for a second with yeah. you, Glenn, because you weren't always a writer director. You've been in this business your whole life, and yeah. I, I notice you're in two of my favorite all time films. You're, you're you played Tim Shepard in The Outsiders, right and here. you're Biff in Rumblefish. Absolutely. So can you just all right? So so. Just tell me a little bit. So Coppola, you work with Coppola. How old are you? You're, you're, you're a kid, right? And you're, I mean, this well, is amazing because you look yeah. young as hell right now. I don't really sure how you did that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, right. Makeup. Um, well, Francis, I mean, I based this whole working with my family off of Francis because I was there as an actor, man, but I was always wanting to write and, and eventually direct. My first script got picked up by um, Disney. But I really studied Francis and I studied how he worked with his family and, and studied what he did and how he, like I said earlier, allowed the actors to do whatever they wanted to do and gave them all the freedom. So being around him and I was around him a lot, I think I did four projects, four or five projects with him. Uh, when you watch a master like that, it's like, OK, that, if I ever get a shot, that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to steal that. You're writing with your daughter and your okay. wife's producing. The best and make it your own. Yes. And, uh, he certainly set a, an incredible example for uh, being inclusive with his family. I, I mean, listen. Sophia, she was like this big. Yeah. So just be honest, because I've tried to do um, things with my daughter. How many <laughs> times did you just want to look at her and just choke her and not stop choking? No, just kidding. Well, she's not here right now, is she? She's not here. I don't think it's a daughter thing exclusively. It used to be okay, but now Ivy is an attorney. So now there's no <laughs> arguments because she sets me up to destroy me. That's that's exactly, they, they start that early. My, mine too. Maybe yeah, she must every be good. Time. And now she's perfected it. So. Is she a defense attorney? <laughs> uh, no, she actually is the attorney for the company and, you know, the writer. So this is, you really did set up your own little zoetrope, didn't you? We did at uh, age seven. We said, okay, this is your path right now. Because I knew the acting, and it, you know, that's in her blood. We're third, she's third generation. Her father right. was, uh, remember the film Duel? Uh, yeah. With Steve, uh, yeah. George Talley's father was the uh, the producer on that and sort of discovered Spielberg on that with that film. And uh, her mom played... Uh, uh, well, did discover Spielberg. It, it's that that film was the beginning of him doing bullies. That truck was a bully to the yeah. car. Yeah, that's that's truck his drawing. beginning. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. And, uh, he he gives George the credit on that. That uh, and and he was great. So, and he was a lawyer and a writer and uh, it produced. He was also, you know, he wrote the Untouchables back when, and um, so Ivy has kind of followed that path. But she's brought her own little special thing to it. So. She's very industrious. And this is what I'm saying. It, it, the business is a thing that it, it grows organically, you know, and, and being in it, it's hard. Like, you know, could you really have your, you know, just you be doing it and then your wife and your kid just outside of the business and don't know what the hell you're talking about? No. <laughs> no. No. And, and we've had our, you know, we have our arguments. We have our uh, discussions yeah. about, about how <laughs> the script should go. And, uh, but we hammer it out. We hammer it out and, uh, we come up, we you know, 17 drafts for that script. So I, I was just, that was just going to ask you, how long has this journey been for you? Well, I think we started, um, 2013. Wow. Writing it. Yeah. It's a long time because we also, yeah. with our company, we raise the money and we raise, uh, we do all elements of it, you know, marketing money, everything. So it all takes a while to get going and, and come together. Right. Seven years from inception to fruition. I mean, just everybody let that sink in. You know, if you really want to do this, you know, you're looking down a barrel of a, of a real, you know, fight. 
You are. If, if you're trying to do it yourself and you're trying to be, you know, have that whole tour thing going on, mm-hmm. it takes a while, man, because uh, otherwise you're just uh, at the mercy of everybody else out there. And we, we just, you know, we just, I got tired of that. I mean, I didn't want to do it that way. I wanted to say, look, let's step out and let's see if we can do it. If we can do it, great. And people seem to respond. I mean, our first film was placed with Lionsgate and granted I killed nine girls, but, um, the mooring is that what it was? It was our foot in the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, was this called the mooring? Was that the mooring? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now you know, again, it's like right after you finish that movie, you started on this movie. It just we took we this long, but yeah. now you own it. So yeah. this is it. Tomorrow, Amazon Prime, correct? Amazon, uh, yeah. Um, iTunes, mm-hmm. Google Play, and what's the other one? Oh, the other one's in February. Sorry. Okay, that's okay. But but they can if, if we're a subscriber to Amazon, we get to watch it. Correct? Or is it all for buy? I think it's all for purchase right now. All right. So either way, this is worth whatever it costs. I'm telling you, this thing is something that and again, it's not what this is what I loved about it the most. It wasn't what I expected. Oh, good. At, at all. Um, even though again, every, you know, and I do air quotes, sport movie has to hit a certain amount of of beats. Right. You, you just turned it on its ear every time, and and I really do appreciate it. Hey, Jason, oh, thank you. Yeah, Jace, do you have anything you want to jump in? No, here I just or? wanted to let everybody know that it's you know it's it's coming out tomorrow, and uh, I I agree. Um, and I don't I don't say this often, but I I I truly I truly enjoyed this movie, and uh, it's good to talk to two people who've made my two favorite sports movies um, at the same time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, not about sports that I keep getting reminded it is not always about sports, but those are two of my things. I mean, I we're also filling it, but it's also, you know, we've made it rentable for like six ninety nine, so everybody can just rent yeah, it. Worth every penny. Yes. Honestly, worth every penny. Go buy it tomorrow, rent it tomorrow. The Last Champion with Cole Hauser, Amazon, iTunes, Google, Glenn Withrow, you and your whole family. Just keep making movies, please. Oh, yeah. great. Uh, that yeah. was very nice. Thank you. Thanks, yes, yep. absolutely. Thank you so Thank much you for being here, sir. You Congratulations on everything. Thank you. How cool is that? How cool is that? And it's a really good movie. Like that's that's the thing. Like, and I know you. You don't talk about if a movie's good unless it's good. And uh, yeah, it got me. I didn't. You know, I didn't. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, you don't talk about a movie if it's good if it's not good. Yeah, I would so. find a way to talk about it, just not. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you no there was nice. something about this that 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 kind of snuck. It was. In and... It was really good. This was one of those ones where I, I love a good movie uh, like this, but this was this was special. Well, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, you you said it. I like a good movie like this, no matter what. You know, it's like even if it's the bad version, other than the way back with Affleck, that was yeah, not. Yeah, I've watched the replacements like twenty times. Um, yeah, I've watched Hoosiers. I don't know how many times. I mean, yeah. Vision Quest at least ten. It, though it didn't seem to influence Glenn at all. So. Yeah, no, it didn't. But there's one thing that I did have a little bit of a beef with with this movie, and it's um, they call them singlets, but for all intents and purposes, they're onesies, right? <laughs> they just didn't seem soft. They didn't seem soft. No matter so everybody's so aggressive. If they just wore uh, a singlet or a onesie from me undies, change the whole wrestling game. Change the wrestling game forever. Well, the just like is- just like Jay Z reinvented the game. <laughs> That's what me undies. MeUndies could do the same thing for wrestling. Well, the problem with that, can I just say what it might be? What? Is that, you know, these matches, if if you give them MeUndies singlets Uh or onesies, these these matches may end up just breaking out into, you know, slumber party. You know what? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It'll just turn into into these little, like, cuddle fests. Like, hey, hey, show some aggression out there. Fight, (laughs) fight dirtier. Fight yeah. dirtier. There's look at nothing. These. I feel like they would work great. Jason's showing us the the MeUndies website with all the choices. Yeah, and, look at uh, look at. Uh, can you imagine like that, that baby, Yoda, that baby Yoda, that baby Yoda me just uh, in the baby Yoda top and bottom, ready to wrestle. These yeah. are now they have baby Yoda uh, boy shorts or boxer briefs and a sport bra and panties for if you like that. Yeah, if if y'all want to dress like me undies. So, one thing to know, like you need to, you know, it's Christmas and it's time to get all this stuff and you got a couple more days before um well they can still guarantee that it'll deliver by Christmas. Right. But some stuff to know, if you don't hurry up, they're running out of dog meat. They're they're running out of dog underpants. Those those really well, I'm cute. I'm surprised they're not out of those already. And by oh, the way, Hanukkah is in like a day, everyone. So, yeah. you better get on it. 
There, there's still a few left, but they're running low on the dog ones because we were trying to get dog ones. But come on, look at these, look oh, at these singlets. I love. Look at these singlets. Look at these, these singles and singlets. Oh my lord! Christmasy, I mean, uh, <laughs> ready to ready to wrestle. Yeah, well, and also, I, I wouldn't say they were even ready to wrestle with an R on R A double S. They can wrestle, wrestle whatever you want them to do. This <laughs> you can come from behind. Ooh. You can you can do that pose where it's like one person's in kneeling and the other person's over them. That wrestling move, um, yes. Look at this. Look at this robe. Wait, take a look. Wait, oh, oh, that's a good robe. Look, Ooh, that looks. Yeah, the robe. Look at how, and look at how, look how confident the guy wearing it is. Yeah, he can of even. Of course, do a dip. he is because he's in soft me undies. Yeah, he's like, boop, boop, <laughs> a little dip. Yeah, boop. Everyone's got one shot with the leg forward and one shot with the leg bent back. Yeah. They're excited. There it is. <laughs> They're excited, and I'm excited for them. So, Listen, it's very exciting. I'm I'm not gonna lie, and and I have not seen all of these robes. This is very interesting. This is really nice. Yeah. What so, you say, buddy? I was just gonna say it's uh if you go to uh if you go to meundies.com, uh, offer code stuck. You still get fifteen percent off. Order a bunch of stuff for everybody from Christmas. Take a ton of money off that. Get yourself with the savings. Get yourself your own membership. So you can be soft. So Free can, shipping. Yep. Here's what you do. You ask somebody else on your Amazon wish list to get you the um, how to wrestle encyclopedia. You buy yourself <laughs> the underpants. You have about four months before you're eligible for the um, before you're eligible for the vaccine. In those four months, learn to wrestle. Come out. Take the world by storm. Be ready for the uh, the 2024 Olympics because you know I think we skipped this. You know I, we got a few more years. <laughs> Make this your sports story. And it all starts with MeUndies by going to MeUndies.com. Offer code stuck. You're welcome. Boom. All right. So you want some news? Oh, yeah. I love news. All right. I mean, so, you know, this is the only time I get it. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's all that fun kind of news. Yeah, I love so it. Love it. Love I, was, it. I was talking. I wanted to talk about this because I know that this doesn't live under streaming the way we do it, but it is sports stuff. And it is something quite unique. Uh, to our time. Um, and that's the legends only league, the legends only league. Have you heard of this? Is it sports? This is sports. So no, this is Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh, I heard about the Mike Tyson fight, the Mike Tyson fight. So Mike Tyson had a very nice, what I would call a very pleasant, uh, exhibition with Roy Jones jr. It was very nice, very friendly. Uh, they fought and they hit each other hard, but afterwards and even in the middle, like uh, they were very friendly. And when uh, Mike Tyson accidentally hit after the bell, he apologized and gave Roy Jones a hug in the middle of a fight. That's how kind of nice Mike Tyson's definitely got this like nice on him. Um, in fact, he admits to smoking a lot of weed before the, 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 the fight, because that's just how he rolls now. Um, and in between each fight, they had a rapper that did three or four songs. So you had um, the, the, the headliner was Snoop. But they had YG there. They had a couple other really great rappers there. Uh, I think Future was there and uh, uh, Wiz Khalifa was there. And it was great. So it was like fight, three songs, fight, three songs, fight, three songs. No audience. But it felt Sounds good. just like a hip-hop concert. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> you don't, they don't make it through three songs. Yeah. And, um, way, you're not wrong. <laughs> but, it was, but it was really, really fun. Same Brazil, same thing going. But, um, and uh, had a flashback. <laughs> so this thing is got legs um, a little bit. And I understand why, because these are fights that people are actually people that we've wanted to see fight maybe 20 years ago, but still are fights that are actually happening. Um, so we just got word that Evander, it looks like Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson are going to fight again. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and also we have word that, uh, uh, and I just, we can talk about Logan Paul. Yes. Logan Paul. Well, this is, I know about this because my kid told me and it's absolutely, first of all, you got to say Logan Paul's got a lot of balls. Yeah. And he he must, he always loses, I hear. But, you know, this guy, would you get in the ring with Mayweather? Um, no, and for a lot of reasons, I would never get in. So the many reasons. But even, I mean, how much is Logan going to make? Like $60 million off this? Like, what is his, have they talked about well, what his price I, is I can't be? imagine it's going to be even close to that. I think that the this what? Legends Only League, which is where this will go, is probably three, four million max. That's but it? I don't That's think it's more, I, don't, I think it's under 10. I think it has to be an exhibition also. Uh, because you came to me right now and said, Hey, Cliff, four million to go in the ring with Roy Jones for how many rounds? Uh, I don't think that's all, all there yet. Yeah, but I, even if you sell me three rounds, 
right? Four million to go in the ring for three rounds. So let's go four million after you're done and said and done with all of it. You're one point eight in the yep. bank, right? right. One point eight in the bank. Now you're gonna need about six hundred thousand for your uh, deductibles and medical fees and and whatever the hell he's gonna do to you now. If he's gonna pull his punches, I mean, I, this is ridiculous. You couldn't pay me enough to get in the ring with that guy or Tyson for that matter. So oh. Logan Paul's got some balls. You got to give him credit. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing. Um, let's see. Hold on. I'm looking to see if I can get one of these up. Big bucks. So there could be some big money in here, but at present they don't have the exact number, but it looks like that fight was 200. It was a Mayweather and 280 million in that fight against McGregor. Um, and McGregor took out 130. So I have to assume it's going to be bigger than, than 4 million. If, if Mayweather's actually going to do it. Um, so it's gotta be big, but here's, here's a couple things to be aware of. That's not a, that's not a top of uh bill, right? That's, that's not going to last very long. His brother, Jake's the one that fought in the last, uh, fight, uh-huh. right? Jake uh-huh. fought and he knocked out, uh, knocked out that poor basketball player, um, in the last fight. And so this is like his brother who isn't winning as much. So it's, it's going to be a little bit weird, but it's definitely a thing that's going to happen. But he just was in the ring with Conor McGregor a few years ago, right? Floyd. Yeah. Right. There's nothing that's going to, there's no way that, uh, that Logan does anything to, to hurt this guy at all. Period. Full stop. Hurt this guy. I'm, I'm talking about Logan getting hurt. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Not, there's nothing hurting me. Nothing, Are you nothing, kidding me? Yeah. Nothing's going to happen that, yeah. Well, I, you know, but I th- I'm sure a lot of people are tuning in just to see Logan Paul get hurt. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and he's like, I guess, going to laugh to the bank. But when do these kids, do these kids have, like, a tough upbringing or something? Because no. Like, how no. are they, ra- where are they raised, these kids? And do they have a mom and a dad? I mean, like, were they on welfare? Like, what the hell got these kids so tough? Or did they just have pain sensors that, that didn't go all the way to the skin? I don't know if that's, I don't know if either thing is true. They became famous very early, and they live alone. Right. They grew up in Ohio, became very popular internet people. Um, and then they moved into a house and are very bored and very rich. I think they live up the block from me. Yeah. Like or up the hill. I think I can look sure up the do. hill and see their mansion. I'm sure they As do. They've fact, been Dylan's pointed out to me. <laughs> that, that's the Paul's man. I'm like, that castle? Yeah. But now I see why. Yeah. So they uh they have a they have a lot of money. Um and uh yeah, Logan's oh, Logan's got a zero one record. Um, so he hasn't done a lot of fighting. He's fought once and he got beat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but uh, versus Listen, I'm definitely watching that. KSI is the name of the person. A British YouTuber challenged him to a boxing match and he beat him. So this will be his second match. Listen, I, I you know, no one wants me in the ring anyway, but still yeah. you can't, you can't get, you know, Jesus, man. I, I, listen, respect. That's all. Well, what are you going to say? Everyone can laugh, this and that. First of all, Mayweather knows what he's doing. Right. You know, he's he's the promotion king. Right. Well, and you hope that there's something there's something that's going to be like there's going to be a lot of training that they do something fun. But I'll give it to this Legends Only League. Like they're they're combining these kind of little fights like this, this weird little stuff, these kind of I don't know if you call them sideshows or spectacles against, you know, some, you know, some senior re- fighting, you know, these people are definitely above the age limits, but I got to say that it was it was the most compelling live sports event that I've seen in a while. Like, it felt strong. Like, I think that there's there's some legs. And I think, I, I mean, as far as the sport of fighting goes, I can't speak to it all the way. But it doesn't seem like, I, it seems like boxing in general has nowhere near where it used to be in comparison to where you, UFC and M- M- the MMA fights are. And I do think that boxing is a much more beautiful, much more, you know, cerebral sport um, in its in its own ways. Um, and, uh, it's, it's good to see it kind of coming back. Well, yeah, there's no champion in boxing that matters, you know, mm-hmm. other than Mayweather really, you know, I mean, and he's kind of, you know, uh, boxing, uh, MMA guys and now YouTubers. So, uh, you know, and you know why I'll tell you why, cause there's no champs. He, who's he going to fight? He's going to fight another guppy. Right. You know, the, the, another feeder fish. This is not, uh, he's done with that and uh, no one wants to see that. So I guess he has to do this kind of stuff because boxing doesn't have a champion. Or multiple champions where you're like, oh, man, I got to see that fight. I I, uh, I I bought the last fight. It was $50. And it seems like a lot of money. But at the same time, like, I'm not going out to a bar. I'm spending $50 on a Friday night. Yeah. It's not so bad. That's way less than I would spend if I was going out for the, the night with friends. 
Forget it. Yeah, no, it's it's totally worth it. I mean, again, what were you spending for a uh, pay per view on? Uh, you know, uh, any of these things? It was yeah, they're forty nine dollars. Yeah, and it doesn't feel bad. Normally, you bring a bunch of people over, but I think we're in that weird world right now where that doesn't feel so bad. You can same cost as getting a Moana, or not a Moana, uh, uh, whatever that other one is. Well, remember, you can also uh, what, what was it? Milan. Uh, Milan. Milan. <laughs> yeah, I know Moana doesn't want to be associated with Milan. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> no, not at all. On that note. On that note. Okay, so I have a couple other things for you. One, Good. I, I come across this today. Um, what do you got? This is a, I think this is an advertisement, and I don't think it's actually very long. But according to uh, Lifetime, there's a new Lifetime mini movie presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken called A Recipe for Seduction. We have all our secrets. His just happened to be A Recipe for a Seduction, starring Mario Lopez as young Colonel Sanders. Oh, wow. This is serious? This is real. I don't believe that it's serious in any way, shape, or form. Wait, is this a comedy? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It could be like a very played for played serious uh, movie. It could be five minutes. It could just be an ad, like a two minute ad, or it could be a thirty minute uh, uh, recipe for seduction, like integrated integrated commercial. But um, I just saw that picture of Mario Lopez um, with his big old muscles and his Colonel Sanders face, and I, I had to show you that this I, is. This this is the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, on top of it, is it was Colonel Sanders uh, uh, Latin? No, no, he's white as he's white so as white. How is that cool? Like, God forbid, we tried to play someone well, Latin. There's different. I mean? How's it I, different I, unless it's a comedy? I think it's different because uh, it's Mario Lopez. And well, it's, yeah, uh, I mean, listen again. That's a guy who who would get in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Oh, I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid. I'd like to see that fight. Mario, <laughs> I'm serious. Mario Lopez in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. That's a $70 pay-per-view for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll pre-order. Pre-order. All right. I'll, let's, let's let Lopez's people know like, Hey, yeah, listen, you got at least, you at least got a $70 purse on this. No, you get Freddie Roach to train Mario, which he already does anyway. And you get, uh, and, and you know, Floyd and his whole crew. And then well, you got a hundred million dollars right there. All right, let's, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Give me some. That is ridiculous, by the way. And I, if that I is not it. a fucking comedy, that movie, I, I, I want, um, reparations. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I, if, it, if it's a serious movie, first of all, something's gone completely weird over at Lifetime. And why aren't we selling more stuff to Lifetime? And second, I, I think that that movie is reparations, uh, for a lot of people. Um, all right. So I got a couple more news things I want to talk to you about. Um, one is, uh, Oscar Isaac. We know who Oscar Isaac is. Love. Great actor. Love. Um, he has been tapped to do, uh, the, the Metal Gear solid adaptation, be the, the main character. He'd be the character that you'd normally have yeah, snake snake yeah. who is kind of, uh, snake. so the reason I bring this up is because this is an interesting one. Cause because snake is completely based off Kurt Russell in escape from New York. Yes, hundred percent. Right? I've always thought that. Right. Well, no. I mean, I, I, I mean, if it's not, fact? there's something wrong. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's the same haircut, the same pa- eye patch. It has the bandana. The bandana, the whole thing. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like a not so kept secret that that's what it's based off of. So, I just wanted your reaction, not from any other thing. Like, do you think, guys, because uh, this character obviously is not Kurt Russell. Um, Kurt Russell's way too old to be this character. However, I was just curious what you thought of uh, putting Oscar Isaac in the in the Kurt Russell role. Didn't Oscar Isaac just take that, like, you know, uh, what was the weird uh, comic book role? The Moon Knight. Yeah, like the, you know, the really uh, not known one. Yeah, and, the Moon Knight. Uh, right, now he's doing an old video game from the 80s and the 90s? Well, it's still, it's, 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 the original came out from the late 90s, but it's been around for, it's probably one of the bigger franchises that still exists to this day. All right, I mean, you know, He's great, so I feel like anything he does is going to be super interesting. Um, I'd like him to pick one or the other, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, do one and, like, just roll with that and then do something that's just a movie or a show or something. Like, don't do, like, two of these big franchise characters. And listen, I can't blame the guy for cashing in. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? But I don't know if both of those movies are going to work, to be quite honest with you. Well, and I think that the Moon Knight's going to be a series um and okay that's okay i think you did tell me that i'm sorry and and that will work yeah that and will then, definitely work sorry go ahead well and oscar's also i mean his biggest role to date has been in the star wars movies right he plays kind of the han solo character the 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 the, the, the pilot 
you know, he, he, he plays the pilot, not necessarily with the love interest and all that stuff, but the, the world's greatest, uh, like there's so many lines in the, um, the first star Wars force awakens where it says, that's one hell of a pilot. Look at him go. Like they have to say it like 10 times during the movie because, uh, Abrams doesn't have, know how to shoot the scene in a way that you could just tell that he's great. Somebody's just gotta go. That's one hell of a pilot. Jedi's. This is why I don't like the whole the whole mishpucha. <laughs> I really don't like any of it. <laughs> okay, so so I think knowing that that is a series, this being okay. So here's what changes, Jason, and this is what we we're talking about even yesterday. I think and all week last week is that now movies don't have the same uh, burden on their shoulders. Like this just pops out on Netflix or Warner Brothers, or Warner Brothers puts it on uh, HBO Max, you know, or whoever. I don't know who's doing it, but. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, I don't know what studio would be doing that, but it doesn't really matter because it's just going to come out on streaming and no one's looking at Oscar Isaac like, oh, is he going to be able to, uh, you know, have that box office supported on his shoulders right. with this franchise? It's a, it's definitely a weird thing because, yeah. you know, you notice this a lot with rentals in general. Like, there are movies that don't really do well in the box office that do just fine as rentals. They're number one. They, they can't crack the, you know, yes. the top five. And then as soon as they go to rental, like people are like, oh, I'd watch this movie for $3 at my house. I just didn't want to drive anywhere and do it. It seems <laughs> you get a lot, there's a lot less judgment when it just comes straight to your house. Yep. Totally agree. So I think, you know, that being said, I have to, you know, I have to backtrack. I have to backpedal and say, uh, I think they're both going to work. Well, for Oscar Isaac, again, he's never bad. Like, yeah, no, he's show not. me him bad. And then maybe I have a hesitation more. But now I got to say, yeah, that guy pretty much. And then, you know what, by doing both of those, you know what we'll get? We'll get some really good, you know, art movies and some good indie movies from him because yeah. I have so much money. He'll be like, I don't want to, I'll just do what I want now. Yeah, it, it's definitely a very interesting kind of career path he's kind of made for himself because he started out, you know, the first thing I remember seeing him in, and I know he was in stuff before then, was Ex Machina. Me too. Um, which, you know, he that really was his kind of career making performance he really you know that's where a lot of attention but he's been doing really great stuff for a while um so i'm just excited for him yeah me too and i'm excited for both of those so at least that'll be 2022 probably yeah exactly um all right i have one last thing that um i wanted to talk to you about and then we do a little content but i this is a little bit more of a from the perspective of you know for of a writer from the perspective of somebody who's been in hollywood a little while um so vigo mortensen's out right now doing a little, having some conversations with people, um, doing some, uh, in a story for the independent was kind of talking about how, um, you know, the, the green book, um, the, the criticism of the green book, which as if people don't remember this movie just from a couple of years ago, won the Oscar for best film, um, and for best picture, but it's been criticized since then for being a movie that's kind of in the vein of Driving Miss Daisy, where you have the you know the idea of the white savior, written directed by a uh, uh, one of the Fairley brothers who are of uh, something about Mary fame, um, and just talking. His quote specifically was: "Much of the criticism that was leveled at the movie was not only unreasonable but was inaccurate." Men Mendicius, Mendicius, which I don't know what that word means, and irresponsible. It's based on a load of bullshit and, a, um, and an axe to grind for little else. And the reason I bring this up is because, number one, The Green Book wasn't a great movie. There were better movies that were out that year. It is a little bit of a weird movie. But um, I'm curious because this seems like something that kind of gets thrust on an actor or a writer or a director after a while, like something that's really loved becomes a joke or becomes something of a of a touch point that that's looked at the other way. Driving Miss Daisy is another example of a celebrated movie that ends up being um, kind of in retrospect, being kind of an unfortunate movie. And there's lots of examples of this. And I, I just wanted to talk to you as a person who creates how do you know what, in a situation like this, I kind of feel for Vigo because he didn't mean to make a movie that people were going to be mad at later. Um, but what do you, what, what's the right way to deal with this? Well, first let me ask you, why is this coming up now? I don't know. And that's the thing. Okay, I'm sure people are asking that, I mean, I'm sure this has a lot to do with things are changing this year in 2020. We talk about black lives matter. We that's talk right. about, we talk about a lot of different things about representation and who should be writing and directing these stories. And are, do we want the whitewashed clean version of something or do we want the, the real version of something that really isn't necessary as clean and easy for, um, for white people to take? Yeah. Okay. So this is such a huge, 
I don't even know if we'll get to talk about content because you brought up such a huge topic uh, that is so multifaceted that it starts with, and it's interesting because <laughs> you wouldn't think I'm going to, but you know, people who aren't watching Family Guy are missing out. Family Guy literally brought this up last night and they talk about it. And it's, it's as simple as this. There are... Any movie in Hollywood where a what's the right is the uh, uh, the Republican the the right uh -huh. is the where yep. a right character leans left wins an Oscar right right any there are no movies of a left character re leaning all the way right uh -huh. doesn't happen no right so what happens is now where they had all these years of the last guy and right? now they got the new guy. Right, and everything changed to blue, and all the blue people are. And this is what's nonsense because it's all art. Now, let me tell you, I fucking hated Green Book from the day it was made. Not because of any of the reasons that everyone else hated it. It was a schlocky fucking paint by number movie right. that I just thought sucked. And I literally would have arguments with everybody about it because then it won the Oscar and this and that. So I think you're dealing with, you know, and this is from, you know, I think we can go back to 34 or 38 when Hollywood was Republican. You can go back to you, you go back to 2000 when people were saying you know don't you know when uh, when uh, Bowling for Columbine and all that stuff and where he was talking about uh, getting rid of Bush and the, the entire Academy Award the Bush Kodak sure. yeah oh. the Kodak which is yeah, filled with booze they basically booed Michael Moore off the stage I mean there was it's not been that long well you just don't see the characters though you don't ever see a character and now when you have this right character leaning left right on like in whatever it's called Green Book. You know, first of all, then you have uh, the Green Book is what they touched upon in Lovecraft Country, mm -hmm. right? So when you see the real version of it and then you see this version, which is a true story, you know, allegedly. Mm -hmm. I think Vigo should be removed for that. I think if anyone has to answer for this, it should be the Farrelly brothers, to be right. quite frank. I don't think Vigo should be involved in this, in this, in this discussion or in this argument at all. I feel like this guy's an actor. He does a great job in everything he does. I, I hated Green Book. I loved him. I always love him. He's, oh, he's always great. good. You know, I mean, and that's the thing. We have to let actors fucking act, right? I mean, and it has to be, and I understand representation. I talk about it and we preach it all the time. Proper representation, but also let actors act. Let yep. actors play shitty characters. Let uh, someone who's not gay play a gay character. Let someone who's gay play a straight character. Let everybody act. That's what we do. Shakespeare had men playing women. You know, no one was up in arms about it. And here's the point that I'm saying. Just remove the actual artists. The filmmakers, on the other hand, who are artists, but they're not the players. Mm -hmm. you, they're the content providers. They're, if you want to grind or go in on someone, that's who you have to go in on and talk to the Farrelly brothers. I mean, you know... I, they might have a, a lot of reasons for doing this and might stand by it. I don't know if they're talking about it. And are they out there backing Vigo up? Yeah, well, Vigo's got a movie coming out. So Vigo's out there on his own, I think. And I think that it comes up, but it, it does feel weird. I, I, I agree with you. And this is, this is the question. Like, you, you, you know, people, and this happens a lot, and it used to happen even more, but, like, do we blame the Vigo? We don't blame the Vigo. We don't. No. We don't blame the Vigo. We don't even necessarily blame the actor, you know, this is, or the director, especially back, you know, even a few years ago, I think that you got to give, you got to, got to remember a lot of this stuff is getting made that way and was getting made that way and is, is evolving now, but like, mm -hmm. it doesn't make them the bad guys for getting it made. I do think that it was a very poor choice of, of, you know, the Academy. And I think that if the Academy hadn't done anything, it wouldn't have been a big, huge issue. You know, as we talk through uh, Lovecraft Country, I've said this several times, the book's written by a white guy. Who writes comic books this is something because he loved the sci-fi side of it and was very interested in the in the racism portion of it and wanted to try and put a story out that combined both and spoke to that but the the the, the book was good because of the sci-fi and it took other people to really work in the, the true pathos and understand what was going on behind the scenes of those yeah, pieces and, and, and made something really great a movie like this it doesn't mean that this stuff is out of the eyes of everybody. And it doesn't mean that like somebody with a, you know, the wrong with a, with an outsider perspective shouldn't be able to write this stuff, but it does mean that you need to bring people in and include more people into um, understand it. And I, I don't think you should blame the actors. They're just acting. They're just doing their job the way yeah. that they need to be doing it. Well, also yes to everything you just said. And my addendum would be this. It is very important 
Everybody listen to me for a second. It is very important that all of these films are made and there. Because we can look back at a time and say, that's what we were like then. And we can look at this time. They are there to remind us. Art is a mirror to ourselves. So if you don't like what you're seeing, then change. But that's why the art is there. So really, to give any artist shit about it, everyone could just stop making art, and then we'll watch how everyone melts down when there's nothing to watch and nothing to alleviate all of this stress that comes with every day of life. Then, you know, so now you want to take it out on Vigo? Because he made a choice to, you know, do a movie that was nominated or won an Oscar. You know, again, like this guy's always picking good stuff, whether you like it or not. Right? So look at Green Book and say that's what we used to be like, and now we're not like that. So let's make new movies. You know, okay, that's all I got to say. No, no, that's good. I'm glad. I just wanted to hear because it is definitely a different thing, and it's definitely a weird thing to get attacked for something where you didn't do anything. I feel like that's the thing. It's like I didn't do anything but create a really nice movie that – was eye-opening for me, and hopefully it can help some other people. Yeah, and as um, an aside, for whatever it's worth, uh, 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 you know, he's the nicest guy. Oh, yeah, I believe He's a I believe sweet it. dude. Like, you can't, like, give this guy a break. Or how about he stops making movies and tells all of us to go fuck and ourselves? He, he, and his dingle looks, dang, it's dangly and sweet, and wait, I've seen it. Wait, his dingle in that Russian movie within the bathhouse. Oh, I've seen oh, his dingle. Eastern Promises? I mean, yeah. Cronenberg? Yeah, I mean, one of the best, you know, it's in my top ten. All right. Yeah. Um, yes, love. Then last last little piece of uh, news. Uh, it looks like Warner Brothers is backing off that that uh, HBO Max thing just a little bit. A little What'd bit. They say? What'd they say? So now um, Wonder Woman's still coming out, and they're supposedly they're doing a whole bunch more. But now Mortal Kombat's gonna stay and probably be a movie. And then, um, but Tom and Jerry's probably gonna be uh, a hybrid, which I could give a shit. Um, Scoob um is the same was the same way it's just a cartoon and then maybe the little things but no the james bond movie that they have is now going to be released in the theater again uh they backed off at pretty hardcore after uh after amc came out yeah this is this is what i'm saying i mean it you know what this has to do with i i'm i'm almost positive is like yeah the theater's like what are you doing we have this deal and they're like okay okay well we'll still release some stuff in the theaters and they're still not gonna. No. no. What it, I mean, I understand that there's a deal for the theaters, but what prevents them from why? I mean, is it because that they're the the concept that the box office eventually will be more lucrative than the than the the streaming stuff, or why are why are they kowtowing? I mean, why are they doing this with the theaters, even though the theaters right now are not in a place where they could manage the this. I, I really don't know. I, I feel like everyone's just stop. You know, the old guard doesn't want to let go. Got it. Everyone should be much more uh, outraged by the undoing. I, by the way, you know, a bunch of white people, and you killed the only ethnic person in the damn cast who was pregnant. You know what I mean? Like let's let's watch that movie, David E. Kelly, for for seven hours. But no, yell at Vigo Mortensen. So that's why the movie theaters, because fuck, fuck the undoing. Fuck the undoing. No. I'm saying that I think this has to do with the movie theaters. I don't think, I think this is all just the, the last, you know, sort of, uh, it's the killing field. You know, they're, they're making a lot of promises, but the second they get them out into the middle there, everyone's dead. Got it. You know, I, I really do. I think that they're just backtracking in order to, they probably have deals that we're already holding with theaters, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine if they say all this and then all of a sudden there's litigation and now the theaters or the AMC is like, oh, we're going to sue Warner Brothers. Like that's how we'll get our, Money. Right. That makes sense. So they back off and they just wait for them to die. And and you know how they're going to do that? They're the ones putting the plastic bag over their head. The studios. Now they're just waiting. Right. Right. They just they just wait it out. They go, oh, yeah, sure, you can have it for 30 days. Oh, yeah, we'll wait 15 days. Yeah, the two, two Nobody's going to watch it there. They don't care. No. It's just, they might as well just be, they might as well set their release dates 30 days earlier than they planned and let the movies sit. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly. No one's gonna. No one's even gonna remember when this. All this shit is coming out in 2021 on uh, HBO Max and Disney, and there's no theaters. You know, it's it's. No one's gonna be like, hey, you know, you said that you were gonna still release the the Bond movie, and you know, they, nah. no one paid attention to the Pentagon telling us aliens were real. Yep. Because no one's gonna care about movie. Aliens things. could be real. We just don't have any. We we don't have any in storage. No, um, there's none here. There's no, like, alien autopsy going on. I'm just saying they're real. They're out there. We're not in touch with them, like you and me. Because they don't have ears. Um, <laughs> Everything's told. 
Um, so um, last thing while we're here, because it's time to say goodbye. I want to let news it, we've ever done. I love we, it. We do lots of news. Um, I want to let everybody know that we're on Stereo.com. It's a new app where we're answering questions. We're on there from time to time, um, different from here. So if you ever want to come on, we were answering questions yesterday for a while. We got some really nice ones, um, but it's real easy to do. Uh, we'll start putting up notices when we go on, but it'll probably be um, every Friday episode of this. We'll be there and then some occasional stuff during the week. So we might be on there tomorrow um, or Wednesday just doing, you know, non, non-interview stuff, but just talking about content and talking with everybody over there. So if you want to join that, uh, go get the Stereo app. Uh, find us. I'm under Star, um, Starburns Audio. Cliff's under Cliff Dorfman. You can find us pretty easy. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll join you on there to have some talks with our new friends over there. And you can interact. That's the thing that's really cool about this is that you can actually leave us like while we're talking, we're playing your voice messages and we're listening to you talking. It's really absolutely. cool. Absolutely. It's really fun. I, I highly recommend it. We had a great Uh-oh, time doing it. Me out. We had a great time the last couple of days. Um, I'm letting, uh, I'm, I'm playing out aliens. Uh, but uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this was a lot of fun. So everybody until Wednesday, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Dorfman, I love you, everybody. We're stuck at home during